Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust if you build it he will it's the skinny on sports podcast with Aaron Cow. I throw balls far you want good words data language talk real sports with a real man come after me I'm a man I'm 40 now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Tuesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports, right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We've got all kinds of things. Well, we got football to talk about. Real football and Whatever that was, I watched yesterday afternoon. Wonder how all the, wonder how the soccer fans oh. are feeling today. Is that do we? I think we call that a definite disappointment. Oh yeah, I mean when you're up one nil, and then you you feel like you're in a good shape. What was it, in the 80th minute, somewhere in there? I believe the 82nd minute. Uh, yeah, the penalty kick. And to tie a team that everyone said you were supposed to beat, yeah, that's a disappointment. I think the biggest clue that it was a disappointment was after it was over. Wales looked very happy. Mm-hmm. The United, United oh, yeah, States yeah. looked like we might be out of this thing. Right, exactly. We'll get that a little bit. Uh, high school football, I started digging into some numbers, offensive stats, offensive numbers for Cushing. Yikes. Yeah, they look dynamic. Yikes. To say the least. It's going to be a different animal on offense. But you know what? We knew that. If you'll look back last year at this time, the numbers for Cushing were scary. And the Elks held them to 14. How did that happen a year ago? Well, I've got, you know what I went back and found? You found the old statue wow, from last that. year that I'd saved. Uh, so we can kind it didn't of, blow away in the northern and wind no, it and Cushing. was taped down to the <laughs> table, I think, if I remember right. Maybe not this was, but anyhow, we can go back and, and kind of look at the stats, see if that helps See if that helps us figure out a way uh, for the Elks to slow that thing down, that, that runaway freight train that is the Cushing offense. We'll hit some bedlam talk, wrap it up from the weekend. I've got a few questions. I want everybody to answer, Jared included, or you guys on the text line. I asked last week, does the series history even matter anymore? Hmm. With as close as the games have been, the players, you know, the OSU players have never seen really. I mean, the, the, the series is lopsided with results, but it doesn't look, it doesn't feel like it, you know? It doesn't feel like the back in the day when the Sooners most time just blew Oklahoma State out, right? Right. I think it does matter to one guy, though. Okay. I think it still matters to one guy, and that's a bad thing. Who's in better shape? Which one of these teams are in better shape for the next five years? 
I think your knee-jerk reaction would say Oklahoma because of recruiting. But Oklahoma also has to go to the SEC. And then which coaching staff had a worse night on Saturday night? Here's another question. And there's probably a whole bunch of people that don't want to answer this one because I think they might be scared of who they will say. Who's the best player in college football? And then also, tonight's rankings, I think we all know how the top four will look. But what about five through eight? After what happened with Tennessee, um, that opens up some other options now for some other teams. So what, starting at five through eight, what do you think it'll look like? How would you put, how would you rank those teams? And then the NFL this week, Dallas looked the part for sure, but can they be consistent? Talk about the Cowboys. Last night's game, you know the only saving grace for the NFC? Because that Niners team is loaded. But you know what the saving grace is? What's that? Jimmy G is still their quarterback. That gives you a chance. Because if they had somebody that was actually really good, like a top 10 guy instead of maybe a top 20, good luck beating that team in the playoffs. We'll continue to just fawn over Mahomes, or at least I will. <laughs> and then uh, what's you your can go top get five? Sean if you want. No, we don't need him. <laughs> Have you heard how he sounds? No. He sounds worse than I do. Hey, what are you guys doing? He's got a little throat going on there. Well, that's a good. stuffy, sore throat. Oh, really? I knew Dakota would chip in to help fawn over Mahomes. So then what's your top five in the, <laughs> in the uh, NFL? So that's what we've got on tap today, 225-9698 or whatever else. I mean, the, listen, as you saw at the end of the show yesterday with Jim, I can always be steered off the railroad track by Thanksgiving food talk. There's no doubt about that. At any point, I could just say turkey and dressing, and the <laughs> next thing you know, I'm I'm not really on point. But 225-9698, give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things or whatever else might be on your mind. Feel free to chime on in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. Log on to kadsam.com. Download the app. The app's got it all. Three radio stations. The Penny News. Brand new edition of The Penny News. Hitting the website tonight at midnight. Thepennynews.com. Big Elk TV. Paragon TV. Big Elk's on Friday night, 7 o'clock from Putnam City against Cushing. Class 4A semifinals. And then also the podcast, Skinny on Sports Podcast, K-A-D-S-A-M, or iTunes. You can go listen if you missed a show. Hello, Jared. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Very well. Well, wonderful. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel this week. It's getting brighter and brighter. It's only Tuesday. Yeah. And that light is the oven light. It might be a freight train <laughs> derailing my plans to get this week done why was that i don't know it just seems like it always happens about the time i think i'm done be positive it'll be fine somebody sells a tradio ad for friday and we're not even here then <laughs> it messes up the schedule <laughs> oh dear all right so nfl man last night in mexico city the san francisco 49ers i think they've been the i think they've been everybody's kind of uh, if, you, if you're not picking the eagles feels like you Picking the 49ers since the McCaffrey trade. And boy, last night, they looked the part, right? I mean, just a dominant performance in Mexico City over 
the Arizona Cardinals 38 to 10. And I think that's the team people are expecting. Jimmy G, I'm kind of poked fun at him, but he was incredible last night. 20 of 29, 228 through four touchdowns. It's still kind of strange to me that McCaffrey is splitting carries with Elijah Mitchell, but maybe that's just trying to keep him fresh and keep him healthy. Uh, but he he did a bunch of damage through the air last night with catching seven passes, 67 yards. Saw George Kittle kind of reemerge a little bit with 84 yards and two touchdowns. And then defensively, uh, San Francisco uh, was was just awesome. And so, man, uh, the 49ers, they looked apart for sure last night. Now it's 6-4. and four with Seattle taking a little bit of a jump back to to maybe the real world as opposed to to where they're at you know 6 and 4 they lost uh, the, their last game so now a tie in that division in San Francisco feels like the team that's going to emerge the champions out west yeah it looks that way uh, all the others not playing as good as we thought they would especially the rams but yeah it looks looks that way I'm I'm I give pause because of Jimmy G. You know, they're all the pieces are there, like you said. But I I give pause. Wait, I'm waiting for him to screw it up. But he played good last night. You know, what he have four touchdowns? What you said? Yeah, four yeah. touchdowns. He looked good, and he has again those parts around him can make a, a mediocre quarterback look pretty dang good. So there's that. McCaffrey, I think, you know, splitting the carries and stuff. I kind of still think is it an acclimation process of of learning the offense, learning what San Francisco does. He's obviously too good not to get carries and catches eventually. And then I think it is a health thing too. They this is a you know, let's let's use him sparing not sparingly, but let's split the carries, let's let's split his production. And then once the playoffs hit, you might see run DMC go crazy. See, and which to me that's fine right now. And especially the game last night where the, it was just a dominating performance. That makes sense to me, right? Where you're not just running running him into the ground in a four touchdown win. Yeah. But Kyle Shanahan's also going to set himself up to for massive questioning and massive criticism if down the stretch in one of these important division games or even in a playoff scenario, if you look up and and Christian McCaffrey's touched the ball eleven times, yeah, you know, you know and but maybe that's what he's doing. Uh, just get him all the way acclimated into the process, learning the complete uh, just every bit of the offense, and then from there. When they need him, rely on him. And when they don't, they can kind of give him a little bit of a break. So that, that makes sense in theory. We'll just see if that theory holds when they get into a game that they got that, that matters and they need to win. Mm-hmm. Have you? Uh, so after last night, I was looking of uh, what um, the playoffs would look like if they ended today. You ever do that? It's getting kind of you know the picture each week gets clearer and clearer. Just to give you an idea. The NFC, I know we said this, and it just it still rings true. It's so wide open. Is does it right? And you look at the matchups, you can see a scenario for every single one. Maybe, so, out, maybe outside a couple. Okay, maybe so outside Philly, like. Let me ask here. So Philly is Philly would have the bye. Sure. Yes. Then let's see. Dallas would play Tampa. Yes. And then the Giants would play San Francisco. Yep. And then what would that be? Seahawks and da, 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 Vikings. Da, 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 Vikings. Yep. Couldn't you see the Seahawks beating the Vikings? Maybe I'm a little. Maybe that loss that they took on Sunday is still fresh. But couldn't you see that? Vikings are interesting because think about this: they're eight and two. Fantastic record. You know what their point differential is? Like 
Minus two. Yeah. They're below water and are eight and two. Contrast that with a team like, I don't know, let's see. The the Jaguars. The Jaguars are three and seven, but they're a plus eleven. It's almost like my fantasy team. I'm four and seven. I've given up the most points. My defense is terrible. I've given up the most points in the whole league. Last week I scored 141 and got beat. People are scoring 80 and winning. I'm like, come on, man. Why? Why do I always have the toughest matchup each week? Feels so, like. So let's have fun here. So okay, Seattle Vikings. Who do you got? Vikings. Okay, so Vikings. And I'm not. And listen, I'm not much of a believer in the Vikings. Um, second round, depending on what happened, I think that would be the matchup for Dallas, right? Well, let's go through it. So 49ers Giants. Niners. Yeah. Cowboys, keep in mind, at Bucks. Yeah, that's an interesting one. That, that, Isn't that interesting? I, I know it's easy to say this because of what just happened last Playoff week. Playoff Tom. But you, Dallas, <laughs> the best matchup for Dallas is Minnesota. But it's going to be hard. But it's going to be hard to get that. I mean, they're not going to beat a forty to three. But that that is the best matchup for the Cowboys. But there's no way they're going to play them in the first round. Unless Minnesota just falls apart, well, it's still possible. I haven't seen their re- or their rest of their schedule. Well, they're going to be playing but, their division, which is terrible. Right, right. But I mean, they're, they're so far ahead. In their they're division. three games yeah. ahead of Tampa. Yeah, yeah. And, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, in another, it would take another, a monumental collapse. But yeah, I mean, you got to feel good about Dallas after last week. Right. Just the recency bias of I it mean, all. You feel good about it, right? Yeah, the recency. But what what you don't Tampa feel Bay's good? Tampa Bay is feeling a little better. I mean, they're playing a little better. But if you're Dallas, you're also going, if we don't blow that game to the Packers, yeah. now we've got a real chance to be able to be the division winner. Right. And, the, and the, you know, it's still close there with Minnesota. But you would think the division winner in the East, unless they kind of start chewing each other up, would probably be the team that gets the bye and then gets home field throughout the entirety of the NFC playoffs. That's that's why that game – So let's just have fun. Not let's, only the way it happened, just that's because of yeah. what it meant. Well, let's just say Cowboys win because we're Cowboys fans. We have a lot of listeners who are too. So Cowboys win. Vi- you say Vikings, 49ers, Cowboys. So then that pit Cowboys and Eagles and – Huh? No, no, I'm sorry. Would they oh, be the lowest, yeah, yeah. They'd be they the lowest be. seed yeah, they advancing? Would. Yeah, because if all the division winners win – Cowboys, Eagles, Vikings, 49ers. 49ers. That's right. Because Dallas is a And those, is a wild card. those two games right there. Yeah, I'd lean 49ers. At least on that side. The other one, Eagles, Cowboys, still a lot to be played. It'll I be know. in Philly. Be in Philly. Doesn't It does feel just a little bit like people are catching on to Philly's offense over the last couple of weeks. A little bit. They're not just, you know, destroying people and, and, and been held down just a little bit. Uh, but that's not the way it looked when those teams played the first time. Point to all this. Philly had a good a good plan for Dallas's defense. Point to all this is the NFC feels wild. And the, the NFC playoffs feels like it could be wild. Like, tune in every game. Because I think every team who's played each other in that opening round has a legitimate case to win the game. I think that's right. Because the... There's just not – there's not a Chiefs. There's not a Bills. No, there's not a dominant. That's, well, there's – I mean, Philly is has the best record. Well, yeah. So, you'd think that yeah. they – but nobody 
we haven't seen Jalen Hurts do anything in the playoffs. Right. Well, lose to the to the Bucks last year. But that's the way it is throughout the whole thing. Outside of Tampa. I mean, think about the, the teams that we just named that are in the playoffs right now. Their quarterbacks are Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy G, Geno Smith, oh yeah, and Tom Brady. <laughs> One of those ain't like the other. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. But with all the injuries that the Bucks have, is he going to be able to 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 lift that the entirety of that team up? I mean, I don't think that you know Tampa beat Dallas that first week when when Dak got hurt, but teams changed so much from week one to to the wild card round. If if I'm Brady, that the last team I want to see is Dallas. With all those dudes running at him, right? Can't move. That's the last dudes I want to see. A whole bunch of Micah Parsons in my face. It is interesting. It is very interesting. That's a great point on the text line. Be a Commanders fan. Hey, listen, they're what? they're one win away. They're one win away from the whole division making the playoffs. Seattle six and four. The Commanders six and five. Coming off that win over the Eagles. Washington looks I, – I can't believe how good the East looks with what we thought it would be at the first of the year and how bad the West looks with what we thought it was going to be the first of the year. And it's really the same way in both in both conferences. We were talking about the AFC West being the greatest division of all time. Now it's got two, three, and seven teams in it and an even five and five Chargers. I get the Chargers have had a bunch of re- injuries. But did anybody think going into week 12 that the Chiefs or did anybody in that division was going to have a three-game lead? Hell, the Chiefs are up four over over the Chargers because they swept them. I mean, that division is over. Nobody thought that. thought it was going to be a battle to the end. And then meanwhile, in the AFC East, the Jets get a punt return against them with five seconds left. That takes them from being atop the division to last. You know what I mean? That, that, the Jets are going to judge. The Jets. Yeah. The Jets are 6-4. and four. I, I don't think anybody had a lot of faith in the Patriots either. The Pats are 6-4. and four. I had a little faith. In fact, I had them as a playoff team. I have to check how I had them as a playoff team. Well, right now, depending on what the tiebreakers would be, once again, that whole that whole division could make the playoffs because you've got uh, the Bengals at six and four, not leading the division, and then the two teams in the East. I don't know what the tie breaks are. I bet it shows you right here. Just a second. So that's an, it's it's interesting the way that this is. Yeah, uh, Cincinnati would be in over the Jets because of that. Oh yeah, because they beat them right now. But man, that it's just it's like everything is flipped on its head with what we thought from the first of the year. But yeah, this is this is exactly right on the text line. The Jets have a major issue. And it's an issue you told them they were gonna have. And that issue is Zach Wilson. 
talk about teams that could use an upgrade, just a minor upgrade at quarterback. I, was, I mean, I was never sold. He was an NFL quarterback. Robert Sala yesterday came out and basically said, "Ah, we're still evaluating the tape. We're not even sure he's starting yet for this week." And quite frankly, at this point, it feels like you probably ought to consider Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. I mean, how bad are you, Zach Wilson, when we're talking about Joe Flacco? Goodness. What's the other guy's name? Mike White. Is he still there? Oh, yeah. Mike White. He's come in the last couple of years when Wilson was hurt. Did he play West Virginia? Mike White. Mike Where's White. He, where did he play at? Pat White played Pat at West Virginia. Pat White's who I'm thinking of. This guy played at Western Kentucky. Oh. Yeah, it's rough. If I love Wilson never looked like a, uh, an NFL dude to me. He never Except did. Except in one pro day. Yeah, and everyone, everyone takes that dangling carrot. One performance on a pro day. We'll go back to the game film. Watch him at BYU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did some good things. He just didn't. I didn't buy it. Well, you're I just, being. I just did not buy it. You are being proven correct on this one, and it's not even close. Who's your top five? I reluctantly put Cowboys at five. Speaking of dangling carrots, there they go again, looking good and and upping my faith. But then oh. they could turn around on Thursday and just. So I'll. Uh, but it was almost too good not to put them in the top five. They they did everything great in Minnesota, which I thought was going to be a hard place to play. But maybe Minnesota is not as good as we think. I put Miami at four. The Eagles, they yes, they lost, then they barely get by on Sunday uh, with the late touchdown. I put them at three. Buffalo bounced back. They look good in, in weird conditions too, right? I mean, I didn't even think they're going to make it there on in time. And then I thought, well, if they get there in time, will they have their legs? I mean, they are they're going to be travel weary. Did they get enough sleep? There they go. They go in and in, in look like Buffalo like we expected them to be. So I got them at two and Kansas City one. How about you? I'm going to put the Dolphins five. No, I'm not. No, I don't think the Dolphins are. The Dolphins aren't better than the Niners. Really? No. Okay. Do you think so? You do. Would you rather have Tua or Jimmy G? That's a tough question. Yeah, Dakota, interesting on the text line. Did you see that? You know who you know who the Jets need? Jimmy G. He would be an he would be a perfect guy for that team mm-hmm. because they're not trying to. They don't need a quarterback to. They just need a, a a normal guy, just one that won't turn it over. Jimmy G's normally pretty decent at that. Game manage the thing. Mm-hmm. The defense is really good. Especially if they had Brees Hall still. If he wouldn't have got hurt, then you could really kind of rely on him. A little bit of what he's doing right now with a maybe not quite as good a roster. I'm probably a little prisoner of the moment with what I saw with San Francisco, but I've also thought they were going to, as soon as they got McCaffrey, that was kind of the team like look out for. So I'll go Niners, then Dallas, then the Eagles, then the Bills, then the Chiefs. 
Dolphins, um, Ravens. It, it's weird because that's three NFC teams in the top five, which doesn't seem right. But then everybody else after that is from the AFC with a sprinkle in of the Vikings somewhere. But I wasn't a I wasn't a Vikings believer before last week. They weren't even I don't think they were in my top five at whatever, eight and one or whatever. So that I mean the beatdown surprised me. The the amount of points Dallas won by, but not that they did. Um I'll tell you who I think is a pretty dadgum good team. And we may just not know it this year is the Chargers. I think the Chargers are pretty dadgum good, but they're so hurt. They've just been beaten up. And then yeah. you know, and, and then here's another team that nobody ever talks about. Hell, you were firing the coach week one. The Titans. Yep, you're right. Nobody talks. It's, the Titans. You look up. It's like holy crap. They're seven and two. They're seven and three. This is true. I, I was. I thought a lot of pressure was going to be on the coach, especially on Vogel. Who? Isn't Vogel was his name? What's oh, Vrabel. 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 I'm sorry. I couldn't Vrabel. remember who the coach Vrabel, was. Vogel. V. Whatever. Yeah. I. But but here's why. They're seven and three, and they're only plus eight. And they're in their the <laughs> the point differential for the season, so they're just kind of squeaking by. But that's what the Titans do. The Titans, they're going to have the same question, right, that they always have. And that's going to be Tannehill in the playoffs. Can he make enough plays to keep the pressure off of Derrick Henry? To be I fair, know. a lot of have have quarterback questions, right? I mean, Cousins, oh, Tannehill. In the Jimmy, NFC, Jimmy G. The whole NFC Dak. has them. Yeah. Now, in the AFC, there's a couple dudes that don't have those question marks. Mahomes, zero question. Josh Allen, he's proven. I mean, just look what he did last year. And Joe Burrow. Those guys, do, you, do you really have much question that they'll be able to perform in the playoffs? Not like those others. Nope. Sorry, Tua. Prove it. Lamar. Lamar doesn't have a, a great history in playoff games either. Obviously, Tannehill's in that boat. Yeah, Billy, I don't believe in Tennessee. No, nobody even thinks about it. It's it's impossible to believe in Tennessee because nobody even thinks of them. You know what I mean? They're like the, the last one that comes up every time. But then there they are, just plodding right along. I don't believe in them either. I don't. We do have a chance to this playoff season – you know, for a while now, it's been thought, okay, you have to have one of those super duper star quarterbacks in order to win the to win the Super Bowl. Right. the 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 game manager time is over. We actually have a chance this year with what's around some of these guys with question marks. We actually have a chance to see maybe a game manager win the Super Bowl. I just better hope they're not playing Mahomes. What do you start doing? Jim brought up going to make like purposely going to overtime to not give him any a chance to beat you as outland as outlandish as that sounds on the surface i think your chances really are better to kick that field goal with no time on the clock and take a chance with the 50 50 coin toss and you go down and score a touchdown 
than they than they are of stopping him with whatever time is on the damn clock. It doesn't even matter. We saw 13 seconds last year wasn't too little time. You know what I mean? He's just man, he's amazing, absolutely amazing. And, and he Brady was like this. Manning was like this when they were really at the height of their powers. People are going to have to start thinking of really unconventional ways of beating him at the end. They just are. Because once he gets in those situations, he is scoring. Oh, yeah, he is. He's scoring. He's just going to. Yeah. You knew. I mean, I know we said it, but as soon as I saw it, and I checked the clock, as soon as the Chargers went up, looked the clock, too much time. It's over. To the point I almost wanted to turn the TV. I thought, it's over. My phone is going to buzz. It's going to say Kansas City won. That's what happened. It's unreal. And they're, you're right. They're going to have to find creative ways to uh, to get the lead, milk the – yeah, even even consider overtime. Uh, right? I'm, I'm not joking. Yeah, I, 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 it's I, like – it's honestly the truth. It's like, golly. Totally agree. He's just – he just is so incredible. When it comes down to it. Yeah, here's a text. I think about all that firepower in the AFC, what the teams would look like in the playoffs versus the Titans, and that's why it's hard to imagine the Titans. <laughs> really being – they might be good for one, like pick off one upset maybe. I mean, they're going to be a division winner. Yeah, if you know, you get the Pats or the Jets. Probably don't want to see Cincinnati again in Tennessee. We know what happened there last year. Even the Dolphins, you know, those young teams that haven't been there. Right. All right, well, it's college football next. Skinny on sports right here on the Sports Animal. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug. And I promise, we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Oh, we got breaking news. Uh-oh. Breaking, heartbreaking news. Oh, no. Heartbreaking news. From ESPN, EA Sports College oh, football video game to launch in the summer of 2024. I saw this last night. That's delayed a full year. Yep. Plans to include real college players. Well, I thought that was already in the plans, but it's the only way you could do it. But delayed a year. So good news, honey. I'm not going to buy that PlayStation until 2024. Yeah, I saw that last night that it was going to be official at like 9 o'clock this morning. But that was the rumor. Hey, it's Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. So now that you got all that money left in your pocket for not buying a PlayStation and a game, you can go down to Paul Jones Drug. There's all kinds of gifts and greeting cards that I bet you Allie would like. Instead of spending that money on you, you can spend it on her. Look how that didn't work in your favor, Jared. Yeah, funny how that works. 
Does it ever? <laughs> does it ever really work in your favor? Not really. Paul Jones Drug, the oldest <laughs> compounding pharmacy in Elk City. They've got the most experience doing that sort of thing. Free local delivery, drive-through pickup, or drive-trow pickup, depending on what your sheet says. Uh, curbhead t- uh, curbside testing and vaccinations. Also, long-term care unit patch- packaging. That's blister packs. Paul Jones Drug, it's care you can trust right here in the Elk City area. 809 North Main. Give them a call at 580-225-2121. We appreciate Rodney and all the gang down there at Paul Jones Drug. Now, Rodney does so much not just inside the building. Does that make sense? He, I can't explain it because it is incredibly uh, complicated for my weak mind. But he does stuff like at the Capitol to make sure oh, yeah. what you're getting through your pharmacy, through pharmacy care, is fair financially for you. And that he is a big part of that. So he's more than just a farm. He's an advocate for fair price medication. Am I making sense? Yeah. So he, he's so just came to mind. I mean, he had a great presentation last Thursday at Rotary about that very topic so he's more than just a guy that says here's your pills thank you he's doing a lot for you a lot that you don't know i wish he'd have reminded me to make my picks in the western oklahoma realty pick them last week did you forget i forgot did i forget i don't think i did i forgot and now i have dropped from the top 10 to number 24 the big oh. ozio oh man that, well, that's rough thankfully i didn't drop below you after all the grief i've given you well, I mean, over the last few weeks, it would take incredible effort to get below me. Yeah, you are pretty far down there. Yeah, it's okay. I'm just working just to get a one game above five. You are a one game above five hundred okay. right now. Fifteen forty nine. Let's stay there. Let's get a little higher, just for my pride. I can't believe I forgot. How did I do? Look, missed, hit, hit, hit. I didn't do that bad. Two misses. Seven and Thank three. you, Ohio State and Michigan, for looking ahead. Because I missed horribly See, on those two games. You did. See, I would have. Uh, it's easy to say. I'm not going to dwell on it. We'll move on. But thank you to Tyler, Harrison, Robbie Allen, all that gang down there at Western Oklahoma Realty for the Pick'em contest. It's a battle up top. There's some 71 and 48. That's an amazing, amazing record against the spread. 23 above 500. Very good. It's very good. Bravo. Bravo, good sir. All right, where are we going? Just reading some text here. Why don't more teams on fourth and goal or short yardage You basically do like the Bears did with the fridge back in the day? Just have a big giant guy just run through there. Or, you know, like a Levy Owens. <laughs> I, don't, I, see, I see what they're saying. It's an interesting question. You know, you see, sometimes you see those guys back there in the back, like as lead blockers. Right, I've seen that. Sometimes you, they'll do that, and it's a complete decoy too. Yeah. I think maybe just because if things don't go right, there's nothing good that can happen. Like if you have a guy that's used to running the ball, even if the hole is plugged up or it's the play's supposed to go, maybe they can. 
make you know with their instincts <clears throat> can make a half a yard or a yard whereas a big dude like that once he gets going forward there ain't no side to side and if there's nowhere to go he's just going to plow into the pot now maybe you're hoping he could push it backwards but the problem is he's also running into a 325 pound dude you know what i mean yeah maybe that's why but it sure seemed to work for the fridge barreling through there back in the back in the day for the chicago bears Yeah, there are athletic big guys. It's just a matter of you wonder if they've ever done it. You know what I mean? Right. And if that's and plus I think there's probably some coaches that are scared to death to get killed for handing it to a guy like that if they've got Derrick Henry or somebody you know what I mean? Like, oh my God, you gave the ball to that guy instead of your, your workhorse. Nice. That that's cute. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah. Not very innovative. All right, who had the worst night? Saturday in Norman, which coaching staff had the worst night? Oklahoma or Oklahoma State? I can see where everyone would go Oklahoma because of three quarters were bad out of one or out of four. Only one good quarter. Uh, to me, it's just hard to go against a losing coaching staff. I know. It, it's just, I keep dwelling on the fact that Mike Gundy and, and staff just go and, like you said, go into a shell when it comes to this particular game, when we see them in other games, have fun, be creative, let the offense you know, explode because of that creativity, be aggressive on defense, even, heck, special teams that sparks something. And none of that was there in Norman. And it hasn't been there in quite some time, maybe once out of every 10 games. So walking away from it, with the loss, even even after they started to, you know, settle down defensively anyways against OU, the offense couldn't do anything. And um and then walking out of walking out of uh, uh Norman and, and with the loss. So I listen, a win's a win and a loss is a loss and I just I just equate it simply as that. And I feel like the OSU coaching staff um uh, it had the worst night. Yeah, Tex, OU went one for 14 on third down and nothing after the first 10 minutes. And still won. That's yeah, the thing. I, That's the thing is they still won. Game could have easily been a – If <sighs> Sanders doesn't turn it over four times, OU gets beat. Okay. But he did. But he did. It's, if it's, it's and nuts, am, I mean – It's an amazing it, – it's an amazing conversation because there's no doubt – listen, there is no doubt – that what Oklahoma was doing in the second half. Now, the second quarter, some of that's overblown. Listen, they were, they're coming off the best quarter in the history of that game and wanting to run it up and keep I, – I, but the, that, that second half, and especially from, a, from an offensive clock management standpoint, and, and Jim was harping on it yesterday, and he's exactly right. And, and the comparisons, it's funny how that – it's this game and the comparisons to these two the, with these two coaches are so similar because this was a a rallying cry right as Oklahoma State started to turn the corner under Mike Gundy. The one thing holding them back was him so focused on offensive play calling, so focused on the offense that he wasn't excuse me that he wasn't uh, even paying attention to the defense when they were out there. 
to the tune of there's a penalty that he needs to decide to take or not take, and he's not there to answer that question because he's over there in the offensive huddle. Venables is exactly the same except for opposite because it's the defense. And I think it's pretty asinine for him to come and when, when he's asked, what did you think of, of the way that the, the clock was, was mismanaged? And he said, yeah, I didn't like it. Well, change it. You have a microphone. I know Jeff Lebby can hear you. <laughs> I, I promise you he can. So how do you not go, hey, Lebs? Slow down. So far, the, the longest drive in the second half OU had was a minute 27 seconds. That's it. Yeah. The only saving grace was that they were playing an OSU offense that was struggling, and also OU's defense was awesome. Don't get to say that very often, but they were on Saturday night. Were they awesome because the offense was struggling? I think the the part the, the biggest disadvantage in that whole game was the fact that Oklahoma State had a bad offensive line, and then it had some guys hurt on it too. I mean, because we haven't seen OU's defensive line look even remotely close to getting pressure on anybody that's any good. Having said that, would you rather win or lose? At the end of the day, you want the W. I mean, would you rather win or lose? You want the win. and the, That's why you play the game. You want to win. And we got to also keep in mind, this was a 5-5 and OU team. It's not like they were... You know, nine and one, and then struggling three out of four quarters. That would have been a big red flag, but we've seen that before too. I mean, it wasn't. You know, it was, they're five and five. Here's they the were, interesting. They're down. Here, here's the interesting conundrum. If you want to say it's the, it's basically the OU offensive staff. What do you think would have happened? And I know the answer to this because I've seen it with my own eyes. After Oklahoma starts out fast, what do you think would have happened if if OU would have just try, tried to run the clock, tried to just run the ball? And what happened Saturday night happened, and they couldn't get any first downs. What's what would be the phrase that that fans would be using against Lamb, against Levy? I'm not creative. Quit taking your foot off the gas. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it, you you have to have a feel for it when when one thing's not working and and the game is is so. The, the way that one played out, you've got to be able to, to run. I mean, if you just run it into the line three times, you you, you knock off two and a half minutes. And so there, there's got to be a time where you realize that. But it's also, you know what, guys got to make plays. You, know, you hit somebody in the hands, they drop it. You, get a, you know, you get, a, you get a holding call on third down on a catch down the field for men. You know, there's, there's different things that would have made it look a little bit better. But there's no doubt it was bad. Uh, no doubt about that, and that's something that that Brent Venables is going to have to figure out in the off season heading into next year is is how to how to manage being a head coach and not a defensive coordinator. No, that's right now he's see, not that, doing a very good that's job. That's where of I was going to go with my next question: is does he get a pass because he's this is his first year as a head coach? Is he still learning on how to be a head coach? But he's been under some really good head coaches. You like to think he would know by now how to how to be a head coach man for me that was so elementary though you don't have to you don't have to have some sort of phd in coaching to realize it's 28-3 and you're taking off a minute right somebody yell at that guy calling those plays and telling him to run the ball at least a little bit and another point you know gabriel played horrible 
mean, there was a bunch of easy little plays that could have got first downs running the clock. And my gosh, he was so bad. You know what I mean? I mean, he was he was terrible too. And so, yeah, he's right. If if Willis doesn't fumble going in, all of a sudden it's thirty five nothing, and it, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But having said that, I mean, it's it, it's still with, with all the errors that Oklahoma made, they didn't make enough errors to lose the game. How the hell does Mike Gundy not have his guys ready to go at all? That was what the thing to me that was just so kind of shocking is it it feels like Oklahoma State's always the one with the chip on the shoulder, always the one that comes into that Bedlam game, at least to start, Mm -hmm. with with the intensity, and and then Oklahoma has to match it. It didn't happen on Saturday. Uh, The the one positive you could take out of that for for the OU coaching staff is they had their guys ready to go. Ready to go. They did. And they played so well early that all the all the issues and the problems that occurred later on still wasn't enough to even get close to getting them beat. You know what I mean? That's yeah. so that that would be the 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 glass half full look at that from, from the OU side. From the OSU side, listen, I don't think I don't think that the, the the series history is mattering to those players as much. I don't. But you know who it does matter to? It matters to Mike Gundy. He's scared to death. And listen, probably for good reason. Think about his life, his football life. You know what's happened in his football life? Oklahoma's beat him down the whole time. That's what I kind of talked about yesterday. Since since his playing days, coordinator days, coach, head coaching days, it's always been a beatdown. And I think to him personally, that applies a lot of pressure on him. You know, he says those little things like, I don't get it. Players are friends with each other. Man, when I played, we didn't. We weren't friends. We wanted to beat them and da-da-da-da-da. That told me he, he really takes a lot of pressure into this game. And yeah. you're right. And it is, a, is he scared to screw up by taking those chances, by maybe calling a halfback pass or reverse something to, to spark a, an offense, spark whoa, a whoa. team? I'm not even asking him to run a trick play. I'm asking him not to kick a field goal inside the five, down twenty-eight, nothing, or or punt like, or what, not punt one? from yeah. the midfield stripe on fourth and three. I'm not asking him to go crazy. Yeah, yeah. Just even if you don't get it, you're showing your team we're going for this. We're trying. Yeah. We're going to be aggressive here. I'm not sitting here going, hey, let's pull out all the stops and run a sure, triple I, reverse. I, yeah. annexation of Puerto Rico over here. Just don't kick a field goal down twenty-eight, nothing. Which, by the way, for one time in my life, I want to see that ram. <laughs> <laughs> But that's uh, it's it, it's it's pretty interesting how much yep. it still seems to matter to him, and maybe not to anybody else in that game. Jared, who's the best player in college football? I mean, dynamically, it's Caleb Williams. He's doing the same thing that he did here by winning games almost single-handedly over at USC. And putting up crazy numbers too while doing it. Yeah, I don't think I can disagree. And I don't know that it's even all that close. He, he, he's just he, I, you know, you know who I saw him compared to yesterday. It's pretty interesting. 
because it feels like he is that on the college level. Cowherd compared him to Mahomes. Hmm. Doesn't have any holes in his game and is able to just make these crazy, crazy plays that nobody else can make. I mean, that run rolling left, or that throw rolling left, where he got out of a sack and threw it between three dudes, was, I mean, people don't do that. Who else can do that in the college game? Probably nobody. I think if they they got a tough game against Notre Dame, and then if uh, Oregon can win at Oregon State, then they they've got the Ducks. Listen, folks, you might as well you, you better if you still got that hate in your heart, which I know a lot of people do, for either Lincoln Riley or K- Caleb Williams or both. You better start thinking about how to deal with the fact that he's going to win the Heisman Trophy because he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. He is. This year, you're calling it? Absolutely. He's going to win the Heisman Trophy. Who? Who? I, I know people wanted C.J. Stroud to be the, the, the guy. What has he really done? I mean, now, if he throws for seven touchdowns against Michigan, he might be able to, to, to get that award off of that one game. Right? Mm-hmm. Because you know people are going to be paying attention to it. But Caleb Williams is the best player. And and if if Stroud just has a normal day, and he keeps on lighting this thing on fire like he is, people are going to start to realize that oh my gosh, USC isn't even that good. No, as a team. No, but like I but said, he is. He is. Yeah, he when you, is. When you really start to dig into it, I, yep. I think you figure that out. How do you think five through eight goes tonight in the rankings? Uh, how do I think it will go? It's going to be similar to what the. Uh the AP had it. I wrote this down. Where'd you go? Um, I think it'll be SC six. I'm sorry, five. Uh, LSU six. Clemson seven. Bama eight. Oregon nine. I'll go further. Tennessee ten. They're they're hanging on by a thread though. I'll be interested to see if it's LSU or USC five. I could see it either way. I think the one versus two thing, the one loss versus two loss thing is a thing. I do. We'll see. I do. We shall see. Because let me ask you this. Do you think the committee would rather have two SEC teams in it or USC? Two SEC teams. That's why LSU is going to be number five. Setting that up to get them ahead before that game with Georgia actually happens, in my in my thinking. I think it goes LSU, USC, Clemson, Alabama. And after all this talk, if a couple of things happen, you know who's going to be in the playoff? The current iteration of the top four? Alabama. Oh, come on. They're not done. still doing this? They're not done. I'm telling you right now, Jared, they are not done. Back when they were plus what? 3,100 or whatever it was when I read off those stats. That those, when I went down through the whole list asking you who you wanted, and at the very bottom, who was it? Alabama. They're not done. We can't have a conversation about college football without Alabama. Come on. They're not done. All it takes. Do you see? Uh... Here's what it takes. Whoever wins Michigan-Ohio State getting beat by Iowa. USC loses. 
LSU loses. Georgia TCU, Alabama, and Clemson. Watch out. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust the skinny on sports welcome back wrapping it up here on a paul jones drug tuesday skinny on sports 98.1 fm the sports animal the u.s is off the hook for now being the as being the most disappointing team early that's correct Lionel messi and argentina beaten by saudis Woo. The not, Saudis not tied, beaten. beaten two to one. So you're saying they messied around and lost? <laughs> I see what. Get you ready for there. those dad jokes. Thanksgiving's around the corner. Gonna be hanging around with family. I see what you did there. Thank you. Uh, let's finish it up. With an early look at Cushing. We'll talk about this game a bunch tomorrow because guess what? It'll be our last show of the week. Thanksgiving on Thursday. Nobody's working on Friday. We're not working on Friday anyhow. At least on the show, we'll be. Uh, Coach coming in. It would. Hope so. I think he will. Yeah. I know who won't be here tomorrow. Who? The guy that interviews the coach for the pregame show. Oh, so you're saying? Unless he steps in, just for that. Oh. Might need to have a discussion about this, Jared. Just to remind Well, them. maybe you can step in. Maybe. Okay. Or you can just handle them both. I don't know. Coach Maynard kind of intimidates me. Nah, he's fine. <laughs> All right, so Cushing, um, the last undefeated team in Class 4A, 12-0. and Offensively, their numbers are just incredible. So Blaze Berlowitz, the quarterback, 67% passing, three uh, 3,100 yards. He's thrown 46 touchdowns and four picks in 12 games. That's almost four a game through the air. Noah Jones um, is the running back, 1,185 yards. He scored 23 touchdowns on the ground this year. Berlowitz's favorite target is Camden Crooks. He'd be number 21. He's He has twelve hundred, almost 1,300 yards receiving. He's caught 19 touchdowns. And also returned some. I know he returned two punts for touchdowns a week ago, and they're in their quarterfinal win over Blanchard. So th- this is a an offensive juggernaut, uh, the likes of which the Elks probably haven't seen all year. Uh, maybe Canadian would have some similar numbers, or, or Carl Albert. Are they speedy on offense? Some, like they, I mean, they, they throw it around. They don't huddle. It's one of those. It's spread yeah, it out. Yeah, you know, run it, throw it. RPO, a lot of RPO. But, you know who the last team to beat Cushing was? That would be the Big Elks. It was Elk City a year ago in the first round of the playoffs. And when you look back at that stat sheet, the Elks, I'm going to say controlled the clock. I mean, remembering it, obviously they did. But 
ran the ball 44 times in 49 plays. Corey Culver had an amazing night, though, when he did throw it through the air. It was four for five for 133 yards and a 72-yard touchdown to Drake Hughes. But just remembering, it seemed like when the Elks needed kind of a play, he was able to make it. You know, the 32-yarder, I think that was to Alex Cherry right down the middle of the field in their own, in the Elks, kind of down inside the 20 that relieved the pressure getting out near midfield. Dalen ran for 106 on 24 carries. Uh, Krause had a nice night too, Jason Krause, the fullback. 10 carries, 67 yards. I know he scored the first touchdown. Then Corey had one in the, then the pass. But that, that's, I think, the best defense for the Elks is going to be their offense. Absolutely. Ball control. Keep it out of their hands. Absolutely. And just be physical and physical and physical and get three yards first play, four yards the second play, three yards the third play, first down. A lot of teams find out when it's too late about Oak City is how physical – the Big Elks can be or are. And it's overlooked often. I mean, when you're looking at game film, you're looking at who's the speedy guy, who's how's their quarterback look and all that stuff. And, you know, how do you, how do they line up well on the offensive defensive line? But it's not until the game starts and then you got your players coming back hands on hips and then the physicality that Elk City brings game in and game out. I mean, that's something you can't practice. I mean, that's something you can't. I mean, you could tell yourself you're getting ready for, but that's what I think. You know, we talk about the finesse with Cushing's offense. I mean, they're about to get a heavy dose of physical football from the Big Elks, and if they can get that and control that line, get that push, control the have ball control, that's going to be their best offense, or their best defense is going to be their offense, and they got to be physical up front. They got to show Cushing. They've got to put pressure on Berlowitz. But he, yeah. you know what scares you, though? You remember how big he is? Yeah. He's a big old dude. Mm-hmm. What scares you is having a shot at him, missing, and then him making a huge play. Right. Because he, he'll, he will run, but he's more escaping to throw it. You know what I'm saying? He only ran it six times a year ago. But when he's kind of scrambling around, he's still looking to make a big play with his arm. And that's where the Elks, man, when they have a chance with him hemmed in there, they've got to get him to the ground. Otherwise, then you put your, your, your secondary at really tough spots. Do I, do I come up to, to make a tackle on the run? Do I stay back? You, you, know, you know what I mean? You, you can see those, those situations just make it so hard on, on those guys trying to cover for that long first off. Uh, because it's it's not just Crooks. Cushing's got four guys that have at least 450, far, 450 yards receiving and three guys with at least nine touchdown catches. they got two double-digit touchdown catch receivers, and the other one has nine. So this is uh, – there, there's, there's a lot of weapons at the disposal of Blaze Berlowitz uh, coming up here on a Friday night. But, you know, it's, uh, it's a challenge that – that the Elks are going to have to meet in, in some shape or form. And physicality is, I'm sure, going to be the first choice uh, for this team with the way they play, the style that they play. This is be physical and, and ball control 
and let the chips fall where they may. It's going to be fun. Yep. It is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Friday night, 7 o'clock. We'll talk more about that game tomorrow, some other games, maybe even the high school football semifinal ranks or before. We'll do some Thanksgiving stuff tomorrow as well. Everybody have a great Tuesday. Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust.